Welcome, I'm Nestor Flores, the pastor of Dayspring Church in Mission Hills, California. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. I want to invite you to learn more about Dayspring Church by visiting our website, dayspringmh.org. We trust that if you open your heart, God will speak to you and you'll know how to live a life with God at the center that will result in a blessed life. This message will inspire, build your faith, and help you to know God better. Enjoy the message. Thank you for joining us on our Wednesday night service. My name is Manolo. I'm one of the pillar pastors here at Dayspring Church, and it's such a privilege and an honor to come before you to minister, to bless you with his word. Praise God. I'm going to invite you to open up your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5 and 6, and then we're going to skip over to verse 8. It's a very well-known verse. I think all of us probably know it uh, by heart. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5 and 6 to 8. So if you have your Bibles with you, your iPads, your iPhones, uh, whatever you use to read the word. Man, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, 6, and then 8. It says, do not love money. Be satisfied with what you have. For God has said, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. And I like what the King James Version it says, I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. Verse 6 So we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. So I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? Now verse 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Heavenly Father, we just love you and thank you, Lord, for the opportunity, God. You've given us to stand, to sit, to be in your presence. We thank you, Lord, for this word. That it, would nur- that it nourishes our spiritual lives, God. That as we hear your words that come from up above, that we may mature and grow, Lord. That your word may come alive and that you would touch every heart, soul, mind, every person that is hearing this word. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen and amen. You know, we all have burdens and concerns that keep us awake at night. We ask ourselves, what will tomorrow bring? Will our health hold up or will we have a heart attack or a sudden stroke? Will a loved one or someone we know test positive for the coronavirus? Will we end up in a nursery home or or waste away in a hospital? What about our children? What will happen to them? Who will take care of us in our old age? Singles wonder if they'll ever marry. Can I get a witness? Married couples look at all the divorces and wonder if they'll ever make it. You know, we all have questions and we all have concerns that we just can't answer. We ask, will we live to see our grandchildren? We wonder where we will be in 10 years. And of course, recent headlines don't help. You turn on the TV or the radio or you flip over the newspaper and you see headlines. Panic hits the global markets. Anxiety grips companies across the world. The most daunting virus in half a century. The food chain is breaking. Shoppers throw punches over toilet paper. The coronavirus reminds us that we are not in charge and, and we are more vulnerable than we dreamed. 
No one imagined a, a global shutdown seven months ago, but here we are. You see, we are not in charge, and we never were. But God has promised to be with you no matter what happens to you. And this is true today and tomorrow and the day after tomorrow and the days after that. You cannot outlive God's mercy. We come and we go, but God's mercy and God's truth endureth forever. Even when I wanted to let go, even when I wanted to run, God's mercy kept me. Can someone say amen? And God has you in his heart at this very moment. He will not forget you because he cannot forget you. And to all our fears, the Lord simply says in his word, I am with you. And he has said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will be with you. You know, God knew that we would doubt his promises. Can I get a witness? So he wrapped it in five negatives. Twice he repeats the Greek words that mean no. Then he has another word that also means no. Now it's, it's hard to, to bring this out in proper emphasis in English. But it is as if God is saying, I will never, 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 never leave you or forsake you. Absolutely not. And God has demonstrated over and over and over again that God will not abandon his people. Can someone say amen? So this evening, let's let the word of God speak to us. And I want to use four examples. And the first example is Jacob the cheater. Jacob the trickster. We all know that Jacob's name was changed to Israel. Now these are the words that the Lord spoke to Jacob when he was running away from his problems. Hello, anybody know what I'm talking about? Genesis chapter 28 verse 15 and I'm going to read it. Genesis chapter 28, verse 15, he says, I am with you, and I will watch over you wherever you go. I will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. The Bible says that God's promises are yes, and the church of God says amen. You see, Jacob has been on the road for two days when he gets this message from God. He is running because the Bible says that he has stole the inheritance from his brother Esau and deceived his brother into giving him the blessing that belonged to his brother. The double deceit destroyed his family and enraged his brother who wanted to kill Jacob. His family is fractured and Jacob is running for his life. And so the Bible says that that night with a stone for a pillow, he is sleeping in the wilderness under a star, star, starry sky. And the Bible says that he dreams of angels coming and going on a ladder stretched from earth to heaven. And until this moment, God has never spoken to Jacob directly. To his grandfather, yes. To his father Isaac, yes. To Jacob, no. You see, I want to tell you that God shouts to us in our pain. And I'm sure the last thing that Jacob expected to hear that night was the voice of the Lord. Now, why would God speak to him after what he had done to his father and to his brother? 
But God meets him at the point of desperation as he is leaving, as he is fleeing the promised land, running for his life, running from his brother. He is disgraced and he is guilty. Now God speaks to Jacob. I like what C.S. Lewis, what C.S. Lewis called pain. He said, pain is God's megaphone to rouse a sleeping world. He says, the Lord whispers in our pleasure, but he shouts in our pain. Can I get an amen? And at this point, Jacob is tired of running. Now at last, Jacob is ready to listen to the Lord. When the painful truth finally catches up with Jacob, and now he has nowhere to go. Now we ask, why did he cheat? Perhaps he responded this way. If God were here, I would have to do things this way. But God's not here, so I've got to take care of myself. Now here's the message. Here's God's message to Jacob. God tells Jacob, I am nearer to you than you think I am. I was with you when you tricked Esau and when you deceived your father. I am with you when you are running for your life. Everywhere you go, I will go with you. You know, at this point, Jacob feels guilty about his past. Anybody know what I'm talking about? He's fearful of his future. And he is uncertain in the present. And to all of that, God simply tells Jacob... I will be with you. You see what I'm trying to say it is that it's the total solution for guilt to f- and fear and anxiety and hurt to know that God is with us in our guilt, in our fear and in our pains and in our hurts that God doesn't abandon his people. You know, the psalmist wrote in Psalms 139 and verse 8, he said, if I climb the highest heavens, you will be there. If I were to dig down to the world of the dead, you will be there. We all need to learn that there's no place that we cannot go that God is not already there. He is already in your tomorrow. The Bible declares that he declares the things that are not as though they were. Let me tell you that God is already in your tomorrow. Before you even open up your mouth, God is already there. When you take one step, God God takes two. When you take two steps, God takes three because God is already there. He will not leave you. He will not forsake you. And that's a promise from his word. Can someone say amen? The second is Israel, the terrified. Now, the scene shifts to the Jews as as the Bible says that they gather on the eastern side of the Jordan River. Now the Bible says that Moses is now an old man and he is about to die. And knowing the enemies his people would, would face as they enter Canaan, he gives an amazing promise. Now remember Canaan was, was uh, the land that was promised to their forefathers, Abraham. The, the land that flowed with milk and honey. 
And in Deuteronomy chapter 31 verse 6, Moses tells the people, he says, be strong and courageous. I tell the people of Dayspring, be strong and courageous. Don't be terrified or afraid of them. Look at what Moses says. For the Lord your God is the one who will go with you. He will not leave you or abandon you. And when Moses says don't be terrified or afraid of them. He's talking about the pagan nations that were surrounding the Jews. Uh, This list included the Hivites, the Hittites, the Gergneshites. I think I pronounced that right. The Amorites, the Edomites, the Moabites, the Jebusites, and yes, the Parasites, the Gergneshites, and the Philistines. I mean, that's a daunting list of bad guys. Let me tell you that we are surrounded by evil. We are surrounded by a pagan nation. We are surrounded by bad folks and bad people. The devil just wants to cause harm, but we have a promise from his word that God will not forsake and God will not abandon his problems. God will not abandon his people. You see, the Jews faced a math problem. The Israelites faced a math problem. If you stacked up the armies, there were too many for, 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 the, for Israel to, to fight uh, these bad guys. And so they were doomed to defeat. But the question always is, who is on your side? Praise God. Turn around to your neighbor and tell him who is on your side. Did not the Apostle Paul tell us, if God is for us, then who can be against us? Don't allow the enemy to steal what God has promised you. If God is with you, let me tell you that you can't lose. It's that simple. Yes, there will be blood, there will be toil, there will be tears and sweat, but when you fight with God on your side, let me tell you day spring that you cannot lose. You are a winner. You are a champion. You are victorious when God is on your side. And this is a message to God's people and day spring that when God is on your side, you cannot lose. Can I get a witness? The third example we have is Joshua, the fearful. Now we run the clock forward a few weeks. The Bible says that at this point Moses is dead. And Joshua now leads the people of Israel. And they must cross over the Jordan River and begin a long series of battle that the Bible says will take seven years to complete. Now the question has become very personal. Is Joshua up to this challenge? Well, here's God's promise to him. In Joshua chapter 1 verse 5, and you can write that down. Joshua chapter 1 verse 5, it says, No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. Praise God. Look at what God says to Joshua. I will be with you just as I was with Moses. And once again, I will not leave you or abandon you. Now, as you think about the, the, this, this awesome, stupendous promise, don't, don't overlook that little phrase, I was with Moses. You see, Joshua knew all about Moses because he had been his right-hand man for many years. And you know the story, Moses stood before Pharaoh and said, let my people go. And Pharaoh said, no. Moses said it again. The Bible says that God hardened Pharaoh's heart so that, so that he wouldn't show mercy. 
Then the plagues came down, boils, frogs, and darkness, hail and water turned into blood, and Pharaoh still would not relent. Finally, the Bible says, one terrible night, the death angel passed over the land, taking the life of the firstborn of Egypt. And only those with the blood of the lamb over the doorpost were spared. Only then, the Bible says, that Pharaoh grudgingly relented. Now, we all feel inadequate at times. Can I get an amen? We all feel inadequate at times. And when the people of God were trapped in the Red Sea, the Bible says that Moses stretched out his staff and the waters parted. So they walked across dry dry ground. Later, Moses went up to the mountain to talk to the Lord face to face, and he came down with the Ten Commandments written by the finger of God. I mean, miracle after miracle happened while Moses was alive, and Joshua could see this. He was his right-hand man. The Bible says for 40 years, their shoes never wore out. For 40 years, they never ran out of food. For 40 years, they never lost a battle. Moses, Moses, what an awesome, amazing man. Now, I don't, I don't blame Joshua for feeling inadequate. Man, how do you follow a man like that? How do you follow a man like D.L. Moody or, or Spurgeon? How do you replace a legend? Will God be with Joseph just as he was with Moses? Let me tell you, the answer is yes. Why? Because God said so. He said to Joshua, I will never leave you. I will not forsake you. And let me tell you, that's a wonderful promise to each and every believer that is listening to my voice through his word. God has promised that through the trials and through the tribulation and through the circumstances, God has promised that he would not abandon his people. Just as he was with the 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 the, the people of old, God is going to be with each and every one of us. Can someone say amen? Now we all know that anthiphonal chant that goes like this and the the congregation or the worship leader says God is good and the congregation shouts all the time and the worship leader says all the time and the congregation says God is good. God is good. And that's good, and that's powerful, and that's biblical. That's the deeper meaning of of the promises God made to Joshua. That God is good, God is powerful, that God does not abandon his people. Hallelujah. It's not a promise of an easy road. In unlimited victory of no tears. After all, Joshua is a book of battles. God is saying to Joshua, you've got to fight for the land I'm giving you, but I will go with you as you go. Yes, we will fight battles. Yes, we will face circumstances. Yes, we will face enemy. But God in his word tells us that God will go with each and every one of us. Can someone say amen? The fourth, Solomon. Solomon the timid. (laughs) You know, as King David grew older, The Bible says that he wanted to build the temple of the Lord in Jerusalem. But the Lord told him that he couldn't build it because he was a man of blood. 
He said that God's house had to be built by a man of peace. And David accepted God's decree and called his son Solomon to build the temple. Now here's David, David's encouragement to his son. And we find this in 1 Chronicle chapter 28 verse 20. And I'm going to read it. Check this out. This is awesome. He said, be strong and courageous and do the work. Do, don't be afraid or discouraged for the Lord, my God, is with you. Now check this out. He won't leave you or abandon you until all the work of the service of the Lord house is finished. Now that's a heavy load to lay on a young man. I mean, Solomon was the wisest man on earth, but he followed a man after God's own heart. Joshua followed Moses, and that was hard enough, but Moses wasn't his father. It's hard to be the son of a famous man. David was a natural leader, a gifted poet, and he was a mighty warrior. The Bible says that he unified the tribes and inspired a nation, and without a doubt, he was the greatest king that Israel ever had. Oh, how would it be to follow a man like that? And we get a glimpse of the pressure he faced when David asked the leaders of the nation to support his son Solomon. It's found in 1 Chronicle chapter 29, verse 1. He says, My son, God has chosen him alone. He is young and inexperienced. Now the Hebrew word translated inexperienced can also mean tender. It means delicate, timid. Clearly David wondered if his son was up to the task. I mean, I'd be timid too. I'd be fearful too. I'd be worried too. Anybody out there? Anybody out there who feels like they aren't good enough? Anybody out there who feels like they can't do it? Anyone, who, anyone out there who feels like they're a fraud or, or, or waiting to be uncovered? This is God's word for you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. He will finish the work that he has called you to do. You see, everything God has for us in con is contained in these simple words. I will never leave you. I will never leave you. Whatever you need from the Lord, He will supply it because He will never leave you. If you feel inadequate, that's good because God, because you will depend even more on the Lord. God finishes what he starts. How do I know that this is true? There are many answers to that question. And we might simply remind ourselves of what God has done in the past. Can I get an amen? Has he brought you through the deep waters? Through the dark nights? Through the bitter tears? If he did not leave you then, then why would he leave you now? If God took you out of that situation before, if God brought you out of that miry clay before, if God brought you out of that, that fear before, who's to say that God will not do it today? He is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Think of all the prayers God has answers. Will that Will all that be wasted? Absolutely not. He is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. God does not change. He will not forsake his people. He will be with you. Hold on to that truth, Dayspring. God will not let you go.
God will not let you go think about going over the cliff and you have someone holding you by the arms. God is there and will not let you go. And let me remind you one more time of the teachings of Hebrews chapter 13 verse 5. It contains five negatives that guarantee our salvation. As a songwriter wrote, and I love this gospel song, it says, That soul, though all hell should endeavor to shake, I never nor never will forsake you. You are never alone. You were, you were never alone. You were never meant to fight your battles on your own. You are never abandoned. You are never on your own. God walks with you. The God who goes before you. Now what should we take from all of this? If like Jacob, you are guilty, take heart. God will never leave you. If you're like Israel and you're terrified, take heart. God will never leave you. If you're like Joshua and you feel unqualified, take heart. God will never leave you. If you're like Solomon, you're timid, take heart. God will never leave you. His promises are true. He does not slacken his promises. God's promises are yes. And the church of God says, Amen. Take heart. God will not forsake you. God is at work in the future while you live in the present. Think about it this way. He's not only with you now, He's way up on the road ahead of you. He is the God that goes before his people. I mean, that is mind-blowing. Praise God. Are you worried about the next are you worried about next week? Well, forget it. He's already there. What about the doctor's appointment? Sleep well. He's already there. What about the tough decision? Fear not. God is already there. Praise God. It would be enough if God walked with us through the events of life. But he does much more than that. Yes, he does. He goes ahead of us, clearing the way, arranging all the details so that when you get there, you can have the confidence, hallelujah, that God has already been there before you. He's at work in the future as you live in this present. Can someone say amen? Our God was with us yesterday. Praise God. He is with you today and he will be with you tomorrow. Amen. That's what it means. I will never leave you or forsake you. Many of us need to hear that right now. Many of you need to proclaim that right now. Many of you need to say it out loud right now. That if God was with me yesterday, then God is going to be with me today. And God is going to be with me tomorrow and the day after tomorrow. Because his word has promised that he wouldn't forsake us. Praise God. Someone say amen. I passed over one one part of Jacob's story so I could mention this. You know, the Bible says that when Jacob awoke from his dream, the Bible says he exclaimed this. He said, in Genesis 28, 16, he said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I didn't know it. How typical of us. We think the Lord has forgotten about us. We think that the Lord has abandoned us. If you feel that, that God is far away, well, well guess who, who left? 
guess who walked away? You know, we're the ones that have forgotten him. We ask ourselves, where is God when we need him? He's where he's always been. But we didn't know it. You can run away from God on the other side of the earth, just like, Josh, just like Jonah. And when you get off that plane, let me tell you that he will be there. You can't run from God forever. Relatively few people meet God on Sunday morning. You know, you're more likely to meet God on the bed of affliction. Or when you lose your job. Or when your children are sick. Or when your friends betray you. Or when your marriage collapses. You are more likely to meet him after an accident than during the worship hour on a Sunday morning. And often we don't pay attention to the Lord until tragedy strikes. Then at last we look up to heaven and we say the words of Jacob. Surely the Lord was in this place and I didn't know it. Don't wait until tragedy strikes, until your marriage collapses, until they betray you, until affliction comes. Seek the Lord while he may be found. He is with you. He has promised in his word not to abandon you. He is right there. Psalms 46.1 says, God is my refuge and my strength. A very present in time of trouble. God is present. God is not a praise away. He is not a song away. He is not even a prayer away. The Bible says that God is present in the very time of trouble. Some of you need to hear that. Some of you need to be reminded that God is not going to abandon his people. Yes, we are facing a pandemic, but God is not going to abandon his people. Marriages are collapsing, but God is not going to abandon you. You need to hear it. You need to say it. You need to proclaim it. You need to believe it, that God is not going to forsake you or abandon you. We hope you enjoyed this message. But before you go, we want to extend an invitation to start a personal relationship with Jesus and declare him your God. No one loves you like Jesus and no one will impact your life for good like Jesus will. Would you make the following prayer your prayer? Heavenly Father, I repent of my wrongdoing. I open my heart and I want to have a personal relationship with you. I trust that Jesus died so I could be forgiven, but he didn't stay dead. He rose back to life so I could have eternal life. From today on, I will follow you, transform my life through your truth and love. In Jesus' name, amen. Congratulations. If you made that prayer, God lives in you and now you have a new life in Him. Connect to a church so your faith and love for God can continue to grow. We believe that you can find a loving and encouraging community in Day Spring Church. Come visit us. You belong here. We would love to meet you.